Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Lee Matthew Goldberg. Lee is an award-winning novelist and screenwriter. And if you recall, he joined us last year on Success Insight to chat about his fourth novel, The Ancestor. Well, we're excited to have Lee back with us today to chat about his new novel, Orange City, which has been described as a dynamic mashup between 1984, the novel, and Lost, the TV show, if you'll recall. It is a mix of genres such as science fiction, mystery, suspense, and fiction. And Lee, I I can't wait. Let's get you on as quickly as possible, because how did you come up with this? But welcome. Well, thanks so much for having me again, Howard. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, this is one was a little out there for me. I've always been really fascinated by sci-fi, and the ancestor flirted with it a little bit. There were kind of some sci-fi undertones. So this one, I just went kind of, you know, like all out in terms of the science fiction. And I don't know, I just wanted to create the weirdest world possible. I think that was kind of my goal. What was interesting first and foremost was the cover of the book. Orange City. Yeah. And I have to share, it, it reminded me of, in Lord of the Rings, Mordor. Yes, yes, I've gotten it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You've got the eye. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, is there some of that going on? I, I don't know. But as I was getting into the book, it was like, there's some out there people and characters going on. And how, in your early years, as you were starting to toy with this kind of writing, where do these ideas originate from? Orange City has been a, a project I've been working on for a really long time. It was a short story in college originally, but that had no science fiction kind of aspects to it. It was purely just about this guy who worked in advertising and he becomes addicted to the sodas in his new campaign. And then with each draft, it just got bigger and bigger and more science fiction-y. And I would say I just pulled from like, every possible influence I could. So there's a lot of Philip K. Dick in there. There's some Kafka. I would say the main villain, the man, he was really inspired by the paintings of Francis Bacon, even. Orange City, I look at it as like a grab bag of like all my favorite sci-fi, kind of just stuck in a blender. When you are starting to craft a story like this, you know, perhaps in your early years when it was just a guy doing advertising, Do you keep this type of work close to your chest or do you start to kind of beta test this this writing? Like, hey, guys, what do you think? I mean, how do you kind of evolve this book so it takes on an an additional layer of complexity? Yeah, I mean, because I've been working on this one for so long, it had a lot of earlier readers and especially some people who I knew really enjoyed science fiction. I don't love giving my books to other writers to read first. I find that like like myself, they put too much of their own kind of ideas into it. But really great readers, I feel like, are the best beta people. So I think, you know, I have a bunch of friends who are into like graphic novels and I feel like they were really good people to kind of bat some ideas around with this one. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more now about the book, Orange City and who are some of the main characters, the protagonists, and what's going on in the story? Yeah, so Arn City is about a hidden city may exist in this world, may not. Um, definitely in the future, though, if it does. It's basically a place for people who are outcasts, people who are felons. And the city basically gives you 
come to the city and your past life is kind of eliminated. So if you had a terrible past life, here's a new one. They'll give you a job. They'll give you a place to stay. So it sounds like this paradise, but I mean, that wouldn't make an interesting book. So there's definitely a double-edged sword. And the sword is that you're stuck in this place forever. And it's ruled by this very weird creature called the man. He lives in an eye tower, 100-story tower in the shape of an eye. And he's a sociopath. He runs his city like a dictatorship. And he's obsessed with limbs and attaching other people's limbs to his own body. So he resembles kind of a giant arachnid spider. And the person who's crosshairs is the hero of the story, Graham Weatherin, who works for his advertise, the man's advertising agency. And Graham starts to become addicted to the new sodas in his campaign. And it slowly starts to awaken his, just his kind of like zest for life again, but also his realization that maybe the city is not the best place for him to be. Who are the the individuals that are going to read a, a book like this? And, and before you answer that, oftentimes, you know, I, I'll have a guest on, like yourself, and they'll offer, oh, we'd love to send you a copy of the book, which you did. Thank you very much. I well, prefer e-copies, which which means, because I thought they... So much easier. Oh, God, so yes. much Yeah. I mean, especially these days, like, don't make me go to the post office if I don't have <laughs> Yeah, it's like I have books that were on my bookshelf that, you know, I look at them for a couple pages, and they sit on my bookshelf. They become artwork. Mm-hmm. And so this is much yeah. easier. And I, as I'm getting into the story, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I am enjoying it. And I'm curious... Who are the the ideal readers of the story? Do you have an idea of who you're writing this for? Yeah, I mean, I think a, anybody who enjoys a good... It, it's billed as really a dystopian fiction in addition to sci-fi. So anybody that loves great dystopian fiction, you know, Brave New World, 1984, We, you know, all, all the classics are definitely ones that I modeled this after. Um, you know, Handmaid's Tale. But also, I think anybody who likes science fiction... I will say, I, because I'm primarily not a sci-fi writer, I, I'm a thriller writer sort of first, I've had readers who are kind of testing out the book. Like, they haven't really read science fiction, they're giving it a chance, and really enjoying it and kind of seeing it in a different way almost. So I'd really say, like, the book is for anybody, anybody that's interested in a, in a good, weird, if you like dark fiction, though, um, tale, it's it's for you. You know, if if... If you if too many things you know you're squeamish and, and offended by it's pr- probably not the best book. Well, I, I'm uh, excited for what is yet to come. Now, I have a question, and it, maybe it's a little bit of a gotcha question, so I apologize in advance. Sure, I, I've been doing some interviews lately, and I've got another, another one coming up shortly where there was a, a realization that the story had some hooks back to the author's life and the reality of things that happened in their life. And for the life of me, uh, I had no idea. It never even dawned on me. And now as I read other books, I'm getting into yours. I'm curious, is there anything in the book Orange City or perhaps even some of your earlier work where there's a little piece of me here or a piece of somebody I know or knew in this book? So I'm curious about that. I would say my other books more are are in city not too much. I think because it's such a weird out there sort of world, I just completely left this one behind when I was writing it. I don't remember if we talked about it, but with my book, The Ancestor, I wrote it um, the same time my father passed away. So a lot of that was kind of brought into the book. 
I have a new young adult book series also coming out and the character loses her sister. So my loss related to him went into that book a lot. I'm working on a book now. It's about um, a family of Jewish bank robbers. Um, <laughs> um, it's called The Great Gimmelmans. I think it's actually my favorite book. Um, it's, it takes place in the 80s. It's a lot of fun, um, even though it's about bank robbers. Well, I, you know, I got to tell you, I, I want to read that. I definitely want to read that. I, I, I think actually this this book, will, that book will be my breakout book. I, I just have a feeling about it. And it's written in a very, it's almost like a Jewish Wes Anderson. It's it's kind of written meets the Coen brothers. The main character is a 12-year-old who's like one of, you know, because the whole family robs together. So the parents, the kids, the main character is a 12-year-old, Aaron Gimmelman. And he's basically me at 12. Like, he's sarcastic. He has a mouth. Like, he's very, very funny and self-deprecating. So I think he was the closest to me just being like, this was me at this age, although I didn't rob banks. But outside of that, I, I, I'm rereading it right now. I just, I finished a draft. Um, so I read it, I was reading it today and I was like, wow, that was really me at 12. So I'm really excited about that one. I'm talking with my agent about sort of the next step. Excellent. Now with Orange City, I, I, I recall in our last conversation, I mean, we were just at the onset of COVID and there's these restrictions going on and, you know, you graciously shared the writing tree out in Central Park. And how did you begin to take this work that you have had for many years? It, it, it's taken on increasing levels of complexity. How did you go about kind of tuning it up, getting it ready for prime time with Orange City? You know, like I said, it is a really long process with this book. It had been through so many edits, had been through freelance editors. And then the publisher that I found really kind of was just interested in a very out there, unique book. And what I liked about them was that I would retain the rights to the book. The goal would be like, sell it to tour next. Like they would be very happy for me if that happened. So it just seemed like a worthwhile kind of chance rather than to kind of go directly and try to sell it to like a tour without having a sci-fi background, it, it seemed like that might be difficult. So this way, it's like, get some reviews. we got some great blurbs. It already has a, a bunch of ratings on Goodreads and Amazon. So we'll see if it sort of works almost in reverse. It's like, I wrote the book, I got a deal, and now we'll see if it can get me you know, a bigger one. Because I, I think the book is good, and I think it deserves a wider audience. Do you see the environment within which authors like yourself work having changed since 2020 with COVID and maybe there's some one thing we've discovered is or in fact I've discovered it you know as I came out here to Vegas I started to investigate okay how can I get out to the national parks and sleep outside or sleep in my car and it opened up a whole other culture subculture for me now we're in 2021 things are beginning to open up avenues that are maybe just kind of starting to gather some sparks for you. Like, you know, this I can take this book here. Maybe there's a bookstore or a club or someplace I can do some readings of chapters of Orange City. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to go like tour in person again when, when it feels like safe and ready. I actually think my next book, um, the young adult one that I was talking about, it comes out April 29th. I think I'm going to do an outdoor launch for that in Central Park, actually. You know, everybody wear masks, but a good chunk of people will be vaccinated by then if we do it like mid-May. And I feel like we're just ready. I, I, I'm ready to do that. You know, I, Orange City, the launch was on Zoom and 
you know, Zoom's great for for things and it was nice, but I missed that sort of in-person feel. People ask questions and the friends and family come. So I'm really looking forward. And, you know, even with an, an older book, even if it's months in advance, later after Orange City is released, I'd love to do some in-person things and maybe go out to LA and do some events there, or some events here too. It's definitely something I'm thinking about. What happens next after Orange City? This is a series, so there's more books to come. How will those books kind of build on Orange City? Yeah, so the book ends, um, not to give a spoiler, but it, it ends kind of on a cliffhanger. So it moves potentially to a different city, a city like the city in Orange City, but wildly, wildly different. That city is called Lemon World. And it would have a much more like Mad Max apocalyptic feel to it, like Barren Wasteland-y, Walking Dead-esque. So I have some of it plotted and outlined, and I'm sort of just waiting for the inspiration to write. I actually, I feel like I had a different experience than a lot of writers during COVID. I know a lot of people who really was, were not able to write at all. I was like locked in my apartment last March with COVID raging in New York City and writing up a storm because I was like, what else am I going to do? So I'm a little bit spent right now in terms of writing. I wrote two books over this past year with COVID. So I'm a little bit on a break. I feel like right now I'm, I'm going back to old books and editing some things. I have a potential like movie project that I'm starting. So I, I don't know when Lemon World will happen, but I, how I think of all my books, they happen when they're meant to happen. So when I like feel the spirit, you know, like that's when I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up and I'll, I'll, I'll write it, but it will be written. It definitely will be written. With a book like Orange City, as I was getting into it and, you know, chapter after chapter, I mean, these are real characters that you can root for, you can be disgusted by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and given the state of technology in, in making films and writing, writing screenplays, making films, whether it's live action, whether, you know, animation, or there's that cross between live action and animation. Yeah. What mm-hmm. could you mm-hmm. see happening with a work like Orange City? Yeah, I mean, I think Orange City is... It, you know, not to like pat myself on the back, but I think it's like begging to be like either a TV series or a film series. It's so, so visual that I think it would really just pop on the screen. Kind of like that series Altered Carbon on Netflix, which was from a great sci-fi novel, but I felt like they didn't really stick the landing. Like it was, it was good and then it kind of fell off. So it's something like that. That being said, it would be a really expensive project. So it would not be the easiest thing to get made. So I'm in a little bit of a crosshairs right now. I almost, before I take a stab at writing a script, I want to wait, like I said, and see if we could get like a bigger publisher behind Arden City because I think that would really help it rather than me writing the script and kind of just going out to some producers I know. That's fantastic. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Netflix and and I've got to go out and and search for Altered Carbon now. I'm binge watching, uh, what's it called? Babylon Berlin. Oh my God. That was my favorite. I I was introduced to it. you You know, once you go on YouTube, you start getting everything on YouTube. I had been watching, uh, it was called, uh, The Blacklist, uh, James Spader. And it's like seven seasons, 20 episodes. And by half of the first season, every episode is the same, same formula. And I just like, I need something new. So I, Babylon Berlin is so far as wonderful. And I'm going to check out Ultra Carbon as well. Yeah, 
So I, I'm almost curious. I know they were, it was Babylon Berlin was adapted from novels. They were German novels that are translated. So I'm almost curious to pick up the books. But yeah, I, I actually, not too long ago, I just caught up with the last season and I love it. Altered Carbon, I will say the first season is good. The second season is not. So I would rather pick up the books, honestly, or just watch the first season. The second one you could skip. I appreciate that. And for our listeners, you heard it from the experts. You know, I, I think what I love about, you know, your books is, you know, it's a standalone story mm-hmm. and or maybe there's if with Orange City and Future with Lemon World, it's an extension. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love there used to be some old science fiction novels. I think his author was Jack Vance. That name rings a bell, but he used to have a story around a specific world. Mm-hmm. Each each planet had a name you know, a numeric and a number name, yeah, Mm -hmm. numeric name. And I love that because they were self-contained, but just this constant rinse and repeating, it just, for me, I just like lose, lose interest in it. And so you've got great opportunities with, with Orange City Mm -hmm. and, you know, really all your books. Yeah. I mean, I think that way too, like even with series, I like to make them kind of standalone. Like the, the young adult series I have coming out, it's about, a girl in the 1990s who's a grunt, who she wants to be a grunge singer and she runs away from home to meet Kurt Cobain. And then the second book is about her, her, her journey as a musician where she, her band kind of starts to do well and then the rise and fall of it. But you could read them together or you could read just one of them and still get just as much from it. And I, I like that about books too, rather than somebody commit to like, here's eight books in a series and like you have to read them all. Or you have no idea what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm even thinking about uh, a sequel for the ancestor, but it also would be self-contained. So you wouldn't necessarily have to read it. Although, you know, it'd be nice because then it's like people buy the book. again. There you go. So now, you know, we're in end of March and Orange City is out and you've got the other books uh, in the works. What are you continuing to do when you're not writing to kind of take care of yourselves, kind of keep the non-writing sanity going, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm about to start like emerging again, almost, you know, in in New York City, it's like I've, my social life has been eating outside, basically. And that's it. I've I've been very cautious. I haven't seen people indoors, really, just because here it's like there's 9 million people. And I don't want to, you know, it's like I've come this far. It's like, let me not get COVID now. So I'm just doing more. I want to do some traveling. I want to go to the beach. So I'm a little bit, not taking a break from writing, but to start something new right now, I'm kind of just working on some old projects for the next couple months, maybe even into the summer a little bit. And then in the fall, I'll start like a, like a, like a novel novel again. I'm actually contract, I contractually have a book due on Halloween. Most likely I'll have to start that one, but I'm just not ready right now. I'm, so I'm, you got to take a break. You got to take a little, I need to take break. a little break. Yeah. I hear you. With your this career of writing and you know, the writing, working on screenplays and starting to emerge from COVID, what are some pieces of wisdom, insights you would give to somebody who's, you know, in this past year, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and it's like, they want to, hey, I want to be a writer. I want to be a podcaster. I want to write a blog. What's the best way or one of the ways you would suggest as an experienced writer to tell somebody's? Here's some ideas for you to get started. I mean, I think it's really important. You know, you only get one life. And if writing is your passion, find a way to, to do it, whether that's waking up at five in the morning and writing for two hours and then starting your day 
you know, and I would say these days, there's so many opportunities. When I was starting out, it was like verboten to get self-published. That was like, nobody did that. These days, the stigma's off. It's like, if you're not clicking with agents, which is really sort of that first step, and you really believe in a book, hire a good editor that you could find, make sure it's professionally edited, and put it on Amazon and see what happens. You know, Just start to build a resume, send your short stories out to journals, put them on Amazon, you know, query as many agents as possible. There's so many, you know, start a podcast, start a, a blog. These days, you can be so connected with the community without having to go the traditional publishing route. And then maybe that comes along down the road. I, I think if I was younger starting out now, that's how I would do it. Because I didn't, my first book came out when I was 35. So it, it took me longer than I expected. And I had stuff. And I think that was me now, I would have put out some of those early books and just tested them, you know, early on. Although maybe it was for the best. Maybe they weren't ready. Who knows? You know, you're you're ready when you're ready. Yeah. The great thing about this career is like, everybody is old. So like, you know, there's so many writers, they're in their 60s when their first bestseller comes out. John Updike was in his 80s. He was still writing. Like, you know, I, I'm still a baby in this career, which is nice. Nobody gets published in their 20s. Like, it's, it's practically impossible. So, you know, at least that's off where it's not like acting where it's like you have to be, you know, you, you have to kind of get it all out because then the roles start drying up. The, ro- the roles only get bigger as you get older um, in terms of writing. Well, I have no doubt that uh, that writing tree in Central Park is going to be uh, with you for quite a while. I think so. Yeah. It, it, we had a reunion these last couple of weeks because I wasn't there during the winter and it's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally there today. It was, it was perfect. But, uh, Fantastic. And, you know, we'll put a, a picture back from the writing tree on, on this, on the new show notes too. Still applies. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? So the best is my website, which will have all my information, leematthewgoldberg.com. You can also find me on all the socials, Lee Matthew G on Twitter and Lee Matthew Goldberg on Facebook and and Instagram. I love to hear from fans. So yeah, if you love it, you hate it, shoot me a response. Fantastic. Well, you know, you've got some great reviews on Amazon and, 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 and and for our listeners, I'm about a quarter, maybe a little more into this book. And it's one of those, you can't put down. So I'm going to go up on our balcony and enjoy the Las Vegas sunset and enjoy the book some more, perhaps with an adult beverage. Awesome. <laughs> I love you. And thank you so much again for having me, Howard. Um, always, always a blast to do. Thank you again, Lee. We appreciate it. All right, folks, we've just been chatting with Lee Matthew Goldberg. He's an award-winning novelist and screenwriter. And he has been a guest back in 2020 when he introduced us to his book, The Ancestor. And today we've been chatting about his newest novel, just recently published, Orange City, which is pretty amazing. I mean, some fantastic characters and really this mixing of genres, you know, science fiction, mystery, suspense, fiction. I mean, it's it's all there. And it it literally does, for the sake of a better word, suck you right in and keep you there. So definitely uh, we'll provide the backlinks to Lee and his website, LeeMatthewGoldberg.com, as well as his social sites. And we'll also provide the uh, links back to the book on Amazon as well. So do check it out. We definitely encourage you. He's, Lee's a great writer and you, you, you can't go wrong with this. And hey, you'll even get to learn more about the writing tree as well. 
Okay, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we hope you have a phenomenal day. Do take some time to check us out on successinsightpodcast.com. Leave a comment about this episode or any other episode. As well, you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at successinsightpodcast.com. And we're also on the main podcasting platform. So you have your choice. We are on all of them. And you can also find us on YouTube as well. Okay, go out, have a fantastic day, and we will see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.